Hi, I'm Chris Varner. And I'm Sean O'Brien. Welcome to It's Not the Differences. And this is part two of episode one of It's Not the Differences. With Mockingbird kind of nothing but the book in 11th grade that we've we were shifting towards and sort of shifting away from others is the Frederick Douglass narrative slave narrative which is obviously excellent on its own terms the difference being that's a narrative not a novel so you've got a slightly different genre going on um, but there's no you can't really criticize that one that one's brilliant and wonderful and fantastic, but it is a memoir, which is different from a novel. It's a different experience. Um, what else are they doing in 10th grade? They've always done the Odyssey, which, boy, that's bloody. Yeah. There's plenty of killing going on in there. That's always strange to me, that we don't seem to have a problem with murder, which ought to be incredibly far from any of these kids' experiences. We describe, yeah, this character killed this other. Most kids should say, I don't even know what that means. Like, what does that even do to a person to kill someone else? Why, that's so far from my experience. And yet we just, we teach it like it's nothing. Hmm. We teach stories where murder happens and ask the kids, what do you feel? And the only kid answer that I can think of is, I don't know what I'd feel. Yeah, I have no idea. They, they may have a... So my understanding of death. Yeah, I was just going to say their dog died. They get what it's lost. I mean, and those not... few horribly unlucky students who've had a sibling, parent, or other relative murdered might know. But then again, that's now that's a trigger. You don't want this kid reliving that. I don't know why we we treat murder and To Kill a Mockingbird. There's there's rape accusations. The rape turns out not to have happened, but there's rape accusations. We don't. I think because nobody's complaining. I, but That's you'd think it, that though, that right? would be the thing, right? You'd, you'd think that would be the thing a parent says, I do not want my child reading about murder and rape. And yet somehow we don't seem to have any, unless there's people up in arms I've not heard of. What about so, up in arms. <clears throat> the use of certain words in mm. these classic novels? Mm -hmm. Are we hearing or are you hearing the same thing about the use of these same words in modern day movies? Well, or, you know. I think, obviously, the difference there would be a parent can easily filter those, can just say, well, you're, you're not going to that movie, kid. So, no. Um, I think the, the, bet, the next step would be would a parent complain that that word is being used on campus by other students? And we heard a little bit of that in that, yeah. in that, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. whatever that was called, the uh, Instagram Shades thing. Of, uh, Shades Western. of, that's right. But... Um, my wife actually went through some stuff with a book called The K, which is another, it's yet another white savior novel. I say white savior in the sense of it's the story of a white person being redeemed of their racism because of some wise black person. In this case, it was like, a, like an old man. And the description of him in the story is purposefully racist because it's through the eyes of the racist young white boy. So he sees the old man in racist terms, and that was a problem. People thought they substituted, so you're saying, teacher reading the book, 
you see black people this way. It's like, no, 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 the kid does because he's looking at them through racist eyes. Got, message got lost. Message got lost. Do you think people aren't open to the message? I so, do, honestly, you know Chris, I don't know. I don't know if it's pure, you're just not seeing what's happening here or you're choosing on purpose to not see it because it's better for you. Somehow it's better to have your grievance. I mean, how many times have we run into, it doesn't have to be a racial thing, have we run into a person who has a grievance, as a problem, and you fix it, it's an easy fix, and they want their grievance. They would rather be able to grieve this than have you fix it. Hey, it's not fair that we have to run and we're all thirsty. Okay, have some water. I don't wanna run. I solved your problem. Your problem was you were thirsty. <laughs> I gave you water. Problem solved. Outrage for the sake of outrage. Like you, like an outrage that's this tendril that has nothing to attach itself to. And it's just going to flap around until it finds something. I'm not saying that's the majority. I'm not even saying it's a significant problem. But it tends to get attention, doesn't it? It does. The, how many passive parents do we have that are perfectly fine with the way things are and actually think... This school does a fantastic job with what it does. And just sit at home and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna march saying things are fine. Right? The the placard A-okay, that, that doesn't really have a march to it. Well, you know as being a head coach, when you you don't all you hear is the complaints. And I remember when yeah. I was at Canyon, all I did, and it felt like I'm doing nothing right here. Because the only thing that's being brought to my attention is the anonymous email to the principal. Right. Or, you know, I had to change my voicemail because some anonymous messages. And then I actually had one, one kid, his name was Geffen Camp, his mom, who I had never met, sent me a very nice email and said, I know you don't hear it, but you're doing good things. My son loves you. And I never would have thought that just that one little thing would have meant so much. But I needed that light because I was surrounded by darkness and then you know and it's a dark lonely place as a head coach Heck nobody yeah. nobody knows that until you've done that yeah they can think they understand it but they don't and to segue into this as we've said many times the lay person's perception of we'll, we'll do football now but i'm sure it's any head coach of a head coach's job is is completely inaccurate Oh, so you spend your time. What was our joke? We always joke about Craig T. Nelson in, oh, in All the Coach, Right Moves. Or no, in All the Right the Where he teacher. wears the it was amp pipe. He wears the amp pipe hat and the windbreaker. And With he's the on the club. chalkboard. <laughs> you go, yeah, where's the scene of him, you know, filling out equipment requests that get denied? Or there's a sprinkler head broken. So now we got to avoid this part of the. Oh, you know what? There's an official shortage, which is what we, you yes. had to do. There's none of that. It's all the X's and because O's of not, football. Because that's not fun. That's it's not, not romantic. That's not the the, the, cool the football stuff. coach is the guy in the bike shorts with bald shins who has is writing plays down. You don't write plays down. There's, there are no plays. Well, because movies like there like just the, aren't. Like the water boy with the green notebook. Like yeah. I wish I could have a green. There is no green notebook. There isn't. There is not, this is the magic system. <laughs> and 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 it's it's not that it's mundane stuff. It's that it's just a serious death by a thousand cuts it's yeah. the paper cut idea and then someone pours lemon juice in the wound you go how is this hurting so much like yeah. it was just <laughs> a tiny little cut and now it's exacerbated i had to with my boosters lovely people but i had to bite my tongue from snapping at them 
Coach, do you want red Gatorade or blue? Oh, I couldn't care any less. <laughs> there is a, what was that Frazier line about the electron microscope? And if I had it, I still wouldn't be able to find my yeah. care for this issue. Like, I so don't care. Whatever is the closest thing in the Costco line. Seriously. I think the real problem is, is that people, they, they see these coaching contracts for college and mm. pro coaches. They see the movies with Billy Bob Thornton or you know, the high school movies where these coaches get paid an exorbitant They don't realize, like, we don't get no. paid for it. I actually had a parent go, this is what we pay you for? And I go, really? <laughs> do you want to, you want to, I've always can I send wanted, you the bill exactly. for the work I do? I've always wanted to calculate what we get paid based on the number of taxpayers in California divided by, t- figure it out, and figure what the average taxpayer's amount they've paid me is. It's, it's, it's got to be pennies, right? I would see yeah, pennies on And it. have it in my pocket. <laughs> the next time, I pay your salary and give them their eight cents. There, we're there square. You You're done. I don't have to listen to you. I have refunded <laughs> your, your pay to me. Um, because you know, I'm not. I am an arm of the state. I am not your employee. I'm an arm of the state. The same way I'd be a, a police officer. You can't tell a police officer, I pay your salary, so don't arrest me. That's not how it works. Um... You're right, though. Football coaching, and I'm sure basketball coaching is the same. Baseball coaching is probably all the same. Head coaching. It's a lonely business. It's a weird how you can be surrounded by people but be alone. Yeah. It's like you're in front of however many, 1,000 and 1,500 yeah, people. You're screaming in a crowded room, but nobody hears you. Nobody's there. Um, <laughs> and nobody, and you're, you're not just alone. You're invisible, but all, well, you're invisible with the spotlight on you. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Somehow, everyone's thinking of you and no one is. At the same time, my, one of my friends used to say, and this is a great lesson, and he says this to people watching sports. He's a, he's a spectator now. It's Tim. Spectator. But he'll tell people who are screaming on the field, why don't we do such and so? He'll say, you never know the whole story. So yelling, why don't you pass the ball? You have no idea all the things that are going on down there. How come you kicked the field goal when you should have? You don't know what's happening down here. There are a million things going on down here, and you don't know which one of the things is influencing our decision. If you only thought of it as, I mean, how many times do you think, can people start with, I'm competent, and see where that takes them, rather than, you're an idiot, and see where it takes you? Yeah. And we just start with, and as teachers, it would be, why don't you start with, I have your child's best interest in mind. Start there. See where we go. That's a good point. As opposed to, you hate kids. You escaped to high school because you couldn't make it in the real world, so you never left high school. How about instead of starting there? Because that's going to end in a bad spot. I always get mad. I go, you're right. How does, how does this oh person know? Oh, my God, know? you're right. That's exactly you what found I was me doing. out. <laughs> a total failure in everything. Um, start with, this person's helping my kid for free. Well, what happened to the old... When, you know, I have my dad, whenever I, they would call home... Mm-hmm. Even if I was somehow picked on or whatever the case is by this teacher, my dad never believed anything that I said. There was no excuse. What'd you do? Well, well, you know, I could have completely been just in the right. My dad was not going to hear it. When did that flip? I I honestly don't know when it flipped. Um, And I know that for different demographics, it still hasn't. There is a demographic out there. That is still, and it's usually the demographic of parents who appreciate education because maybe they were denied it. So they feel like my child is getting something that was denied to me that I'm just now figuring out that was my right. 
I should have been educated and I wasn't or whatever. So I'm going to take full advantage of it. You're telling me there's a person who will do this for free just by virtue of being in America? Who is this saintly person? Now, I don't need that. I don't need to be canonized. No statues. Right, right. (laughs) But it would be nice to have that middle ground of either, but you don't need to send me, you know, this one parent kept giving me pears. I don't know why pears was the thing. Bag of pears. All right, cool. (coughs) To you teachers are the worst people ever. Like, we through the middle ground of we are good people who try to do good work and sometimes we miss. I often wonder, and maybe I have a little bit of self-satisfaction in this, but I think back to all the complaints I had. And I actually, as teaching, I haven't had very many, or maybe because they all were on the coaching side. <laughs> but I have to stop and go, I bet that's not a happy person. And I just happen right. to be the person they're taking out. Is this the same person that yells at the the check stamp person because yep. they, they overcharge them accidentally? Like the world, they're so egocentric that the world's out to get them. Like they're never going to find happiness. I just happen to be, I think you and I had this conversation. Yeah. Theodore Roosevelt said to take every single you know insult, and Lincoln kind of followed this too, to see if there's a grain of truth in there. So they came about it the way wrong way, but perhaps there's something in there that I could grab. Maybe I didn't give their their son or daughter enough attention, or, or maybe they're right. But I got lost when you called me a moron and <laughs> that I suck and I should be right. fired. Right. Um, so that's a, it's, it, you have to come a long way to, to look back on it that way. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, in, uh, I'll use umpiring as an example. Oh, that's right. You, more, got the, you more than a, more than a few <laughs> times. And we're, we're like made of gristle out there. We're just calloused individuals who will hear stuff. And I'll be honest, about one out of 10 insults thrown at us, we mentally go, that's actually pretty clever. Like, <laughs> that was pretty funny. I like it. Um, but most of the time, we just it, we literally can't hear it. Someone will say, did you hear that? I go, no, I tuned it's it out. Why, it's can't like, hear a, it. yeah, you don't hear it. But when you do, because you can't help it, yeah, we want to go to a coach and bring him over and go, what happened to you? Are you okay? What made you like this? You know, this 11-year-old who didn't slide into third and is out, and so that's it? You know, we're going we're gonna to go crazy? Um, because, yeah, you wonder, you're like, are you a damaged person yeah. to be thinking this way? And occasionally you're right. We'll get a manager come running out and yelling that we missed the call. And we're listening going, you know, I might have because that was close. That could have gone either way. But you came at me in such a way, I can barely hear your real criticism because it's just buried under this venom and invective. I think you're absolutely right. Someone who was willing to sight unseen indict teachers or coaches or whatever is also going to do it to the, the gardener or, the like you said, yeah. the checkout person their ex-wife, yeah, like they, whatever. They're just not happy people. Like, like, if everyone around you is out to get you, maybe it's you. You thought right. of that? But they, every they don't room, want to, though. Every <laughs> room you go into smells bad. I think maybe you should shower. <laughs> and I it just, I, I want to, like, like, people that write into our local paper, The Signal, saying, you know, teachers don't want to do their jobs. I want to write back, who hurt you? What teacher hurt you? Because somebody did. And I'm sorry that your third grade teacher hurt you. Sir, I'm, Mr. I'm sorry Sir, that Mr. Hand called your F out in class, <laughs> there, right? Didn't let you have your pizza. Because <laughs> it, it probably happens somewhere. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe that people are born coming out of the womb with venom, you know, looking at the OBGYN and go, thanks a lot. You know, they don't, they don't do that. Something happened I also somewhere. think, though, back to sort of segueing what we were talking about earlier about you, you just, 
you can't unlearn, but I'm a teacher. I've been doing this not as long as you, but, you know, a good two decades. And I don't remember my teachers in high school, even though I'm a teacher. Like, I remember one or two. So I think that, and we're in education, so I think that they start to remember their teachers not as they were, but as they oh, see I on see. TV. Okay. They forget that those were humans at some point. I'm sure they have, everyone has one or two that really okay. broke through, but let's say perhaps you had one that was horrible, turned you off from ever wanting to go to college. So, you know, you just, it all kind of comes out. You forget that they're humans. You forget that they come home. It's like when they see you at the store, the kids always right. look at you like, why are you here? Why aren't you in your class? Because I, I don't live there. <laughs> yeah. You know, sorry. I have wanted our little, we have those little, uh, the, these rooms have closets. You are in the yeah, other portals. You're in the you're in the not in real the teacher lands. place. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we have these little tiny closets, and I've always wanted to hide in there. Kids come in. I have the door unlocked. I have the agenda on the board and everything. They come in, and I come out, and I there's like behind me like toiletries and stuff. And I go, you live there? Well, yeah. We all we all live in these tiny closets. We're like we're like you know clones. We or just it could be plug like uh, Laszlo and Real Genius. Remember, yeah, he was yeah just, it comes out of the closet. Hanging in there. <laughs> We're all down here. It's Willy Wonka. And the, uh, you'd get half the kids nodding going, no, that tracks. That absolutely makes sense right there. I, I don't know. Maybe parents, like you said, never got out of that mode or are in the mode, like you said, of the move, the movie teacher. I think it's there's a weird phenomenon that happens most, it's even in our community. I think most of people in our community that have school-age children could on the same breath say, no, teachers are horrible and teachers' unions are the worst things ever. My kids' teachers are good. Yeah. But teachers as a whole are terrible. You think that, how, so you think you just struck you got the, luck. yeah, you lucked out. It's got the jackpot, the only good teachers in America. They're all concentrated right here on your kid's head. Um, and I think all the stuff we're talking about teaching is like tenfold for coaching. There are people that believe when they buy their, what is it, $8 for a ticket now for a high school game? That entitles them to, I get to heap abuse on officials and coaches, and that's what this $8 bought me. It well, didn't. The, it was the happy hour before that that ah, probably maybe, contributed maybe to it. The, tailgate, the pre-game tailgate party gave him a little liquid courage there. We, um, we, we like to say as officials, like that's actually not part of the game. Yelling at the ump's part of the game. No, find yeah. me in the rule book where it says that. <laughs> Hitting, fielding, running, that's part of the game. Well, do you ever think that perhaps, you know, whether it's yelling, yelling at a coach, yelling at the umpire, that these people have no control in their life and this is the one thing that yeah. they can, they're just grabbing straws and this is it. At this point, for five minutes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scream my head off and I'm going to get the attention. Everyone's going to know I mean business. It's just like that person that randomly drops football facts all the time. Like, oh, you remember the 1970? No, I don't at all. Well, you don't know anything about football. I don't? Because I don't know who was the defensive end for the Steelers in 1972. Somebody listening knows that, by the way. Yes, my brother. (laughs) No, that's that's another great point that's – I think that's true across every discipline. Athletics, academics, the arts – we get this weird thing that cachet is like knowing a name or knowing, you know, you know who started Chorus Line when it first came out? No, I have no idea. I know like one song from it, whatever. Well, you call yourself a Broadway fan. Not, I, I don't call myself that. Uh, and we have, we have an education too. We've talked about this where I actually think it's fading. Maybe COVID kind of killed it. But we've had a lot of trainers. I'm going to be careful here. People that, especially outside people that come in and do PD for us, 
who will just name drop the names in PD as if that's, you just rolled that's your like, eyes. Well, I, I don't <laughs> as know if, exactly what you're talking as about. As if that ought to be, an, like it's a priesthood. That if I say, I'll use Rick Wormley's example. Sorry, Mr. Wormley, but I'm going to use you. You know, well, Rick Wormley says, and we go, oh, well, that discussion over. Like, <laughs> wait, why'd they drop, they drop that card? That's a... <laughs> and I'm not in any way saying this guy's not an educational expert. It reminds me of the phenomenon that I think is happening a little bit, where we are treating what we call best practices as a one-lane highway. There is one way to do this. There's the best way. There are other ways, but this way's best. How we can say that at the same time we realize students are different and learn differently is a contradiction I can't figure out why no one's noticed. Why we can have a trainer say, you ought to do these things, all of you, whether it fits your style or not, whether it fits your subject or not, here's the best way to teach this thing. By the way, all your students are different. So, well, so are we, like the people you're, we're your students right now. I am getting increasingly frustrated with the, it's not one size fits all, it's one method is best. You can do other things if you want, but the really good teachers do this. Well, I, I go, I remember talking to this, or talking about this to you six, seven years ago yeah. when you were umpiring at my son's game, <laughs> where I said, I, I feel like it's, it's teach by numbers. And I said, okay, give me a, the paint-by-numbers of the Mona Lisa. I'm not an artist. I didn't create it. I followed a pattern. People think teaching, oftentimes, I think it's an art. And to be mm. really good at it, you have to be fluid. You have to be able to, to do these things. And I don't think if you just follow steps that suddenly you're a great teacher now. I think that, that cheapens what we do. That's where my dad is, by the way. He's in exactly the same spot as you. Is. If you want to divide up between science and art, he's, he's very much in the art standpoint as opposed to like you say a, it's a process that can be broken down and can be distilled and can be taught and I think there's probably an overlap between the teachers that believe that firmly and fundamentally believe teaching is a step-by-step -step process and if I do all the steps I'm good and the ones who use the textbook a lot I'll bet you there's a correlation um I myself, well, part of it's our subject. I don't remember the last time I opened the textbook. It's every year is different. And people would say, why don't we just reuse the lesson? Because I've learned since then. And they're different students. Well, now especially, come on, yeah, well, COVID. Forget <laughs> it. But yeah, I, I think it's probably a mixture. Is there science to it? Well, yeah, there are techniques that are better than others. And if you learn them, you're, you're better. But I think it only takes you so far. Um, well, sport, I think, is a mixture, right? There are techniques, sure. but at a certain level, like, like take yeah. basketball. At a certain level, like, you got to just do what's in front of you, right? And we tell players, like, well, we're going to give you the tools, and we're going to give you the goals here, and we're going to give you the steps, but something might happen on the field that we haven't necessarily prepped for that exact scenario. You've got to be an athlete. You've got to just react the way you're, you think you're supposed to react here. Do it as hard as you can and we'll probably have a good result. Well, look at it this way, outside of your air conditioning. Yeah. If you lost power, is the day done? Or can you salvage it? Right. With no technology, do you know enough about your subject? Do you, could you do it? Are you that entertained that you could? I, I have no doubt that I could, and I know you could as well. Could you even take it even further if we said, oh, by the way, tomorrow you're teaching math? 
you'd go, oh, all right, let me real quick bone up on yeah, the math. It's, it's been a while. But I've got the skills of a teacher. If I know the thing, like if you gave me something I knew nothing about, I would be doing an awful lot of Socratic teaching. <laughs> Suddenly it would be, well, how do you think yes. we should do it? And I'd watch and oh, it looks good to me. All right. But other than, other than that, <laughs> we know this is what, we'll go back to that public thing. You and I, and mo- I've got to be honest, most people at this school, we know how to do this. Much more, much more important than we know what we're doing. We know how we're doing it. Do I know every book ever written? Of course not. And a kid could come up, have you ever read this book? Nope. Have you heard of it? Nope. That's it. I'm not learning it. So that means I'm, <laughs> I'm a terrible, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm close to it. But, like you say, the, the science people, I don't mean people that teach science, I mean people that think teaching is mostly a science, yeah, I think it takes it away, you're right, it makes it quantifiable and therefore finite. It's, there's a point at which you've learned it. I don't know that, I'm, this is my 30th year, I'm starting to get the hang of it. No, that's what I, like, I think I'm starting to get this. But see, because you, we always talk about having lifelong learners, but as a teacher... Like you said, I, I, I have similar lessons, but I've read a lot since last year because I want to get better at this to be a better teacher. I it was never rest on my laurels of, oh, right. got that done, got tenured, so right. where's the paper? And, right. you know, and there are, te- let's face it, you do have some, this school is really, really good, but there are some they schools exist. where you will have, they, they, they do just. Mr. Ditto. Mr. Ditto. You saw Teachers, the movie Teachers? Oh, you're going backwards. I do have to go back. Wow. Nick Nolte. Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio. Crispin Richard, Glover. Richard Mulligan. Back to, back to, yeah. And we're back. I always bring it back. <laughs> that was planned. That was a planned segue back to Crispin Glover. Today's episode is Crispin Glover. Hey, you lessons. Get your damn hands off. Lessons, <laughs> lessons from Crispin Glover. Don't haggle for more money because they'll shoot around you. They'll flip you upside down. <laughs> And get a reasonably good impression out of you. That's what they'll do. <laughs> Bite the hand that feeds you. Because, you know, you're not really a super marketable... Yeah, come on. Let's see, there's Christopher Lloyd, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Christopher Glover is not the thing. I, you're not, I don't cool. think you were really in the billing there. You're at the very bottom of the poster. <laughs> yeah, like you said, someone, they'll just replace you and just use someone, kind of your voice. That must have been a blow. Can you imagine that negotiation? Oh, yeah? Well, I'm not doing the movie. Okay. And you think you've just laid down the ultimate trump card, and they go, fine, shoot around you. Hang up. Like, <laughs> you get a dial tone. <laughs> Call my agent. No, they won't take calls. What have I done? <laughs> I got to hang to it now. I can't come crawling back now. Would you even go see the movie? If, it, I, if you're him, do you see... I think Here's have, what we've evolved to. Well, in that movie, does you, Crispin you, Clever watch <laughs> Back the, movie, to the Future Part Two, two or Three? Are we doing that? Does he go see it? I refuse to, man. <laughs> <laughs> and just watch. I don't even know who they used. I don't even I know the actor. I did know this at one time, but I, I don't know. It's We're gonna hang you famous. upside down. Just caricaturize you and watch. Do your best. Else, do a stand-in. And they're going to be an old man makeup anyway. So we got that going for us. So study Christmas for the first one. Give us your best shot. We're paying you one tenth of what he was. We're just giving you free food. All right. That's That's all you're services. (laughs) You didn't get the catered though. You get the the Keebler Club crackers. 
That's where we've got to. Does Crispin Glover watch Back to the Future 2? And if so, what's his reaction? Is he studying his understudy? No, no, no. That's not that's not what he would do. I would never do that. You need to watch it because they do actually talk about Crispin Glover in that documentary about how he was... Oh, the uh, movies that made up? Yeah, how they were getting frustrated because he would say, no, we need you to keep your mark. He's like... Really? Oh, yeah. And he'd say, well, George wants to go over here. And I could just see Bob Zemeckis, who my father-in-law knows, who works with him. <coughs> he was me. like, really? Like, who is this guy? Like, really? Yeah, I yeah. did not know that. Oh, yeah. So he got deep into George McFly. Very much a method actor, apparently. Wow. Yeah. I, I would not have guessed that, from especially from the performance. Yeah. I guess he, yeah. Not they, really an Academy Award winning uh, <laughs> thing there. <laughs> I mean, certainly serviceable. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So, I, I don't know how you get deeper into George McFly. I don't really know. You could have played that any number of ways. That oh, that's, funny. that's interesting. I wonder if there's like extra takes of scenes. They show a couple in there where he's going off and they finally had to really? put him in a box. Like you, around his feet so he couldn't. He'd like like to, a planter? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess Spielberg and Zemeckis were like, dude, let's stop moving. What's with this guy? <laughs> No, George wants to go over here, man. He's talking about his character in the third yes, person. Third person. This is the same uh, guy that almost kicked David Letterman in the face. If that's you true. Remember. That's so true. We're, that's true. You know. So you know, for all you Crispins out there, <laughs> sorry, we just completely segregated. That's right. An entire Anybody <laughs> named Crispin. So we're gonna get the hate mail from the Glover fan club. He was great in Charlie's Angels, by the way. <laughs> was he in that movie? Part two, Full Throttle. Oh, so there's a part two. Yes, so he, he did that. So he made it into that part two. So he does know how to make it into a sequel. <laughs> he just picked the wrong one. Okay, well, I think we're going to wrap it up here. It, depending on how we cut this up, let me just stop it. We're... If you'd like to hear more from Chris Varner, please visit my lifestyle channel called Just a Dad Bod. And for Sean, you can find my books on Amazon or on my website at seanobrienauthor.com.